my mic's going. It's falling overboard. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, uh, I totally have that. That's totally going to be the intro of our next OR show. <laughs> it almost fell off my desk. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of June 27, 2011. This is episode 109, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. I'm the, the president of Interval. <laughs> <laughs> Something outside the window just completely Fantastic. caught threw my eye off. and threw me off. <laughs> that is hilarious. What was it? Uh, I can't say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> But I think I'm, we should keep that in the podcast. Where are you? Awesome. Anyway, <laughs> we are the healthcare marketing agency that puts on this podcast in such a professional manner. I'm joined today by uh, two people that you've heard already. They are... The should-be president, Jackie Hurtaco, <laughs> Curly account coordinator. And uh, Adam Meyer, creative director. Hi, guys. Just kidding, Chris. Hey. No, what that's up? okay. You can You can have dreams. It's good. It's good to have goals and aspirations. Aspirations. Yeah. That was weird, though. I haven't had that happen to me before, I don't think, on a podcast. Where I, just I would love to know what flew past your window. Uh, Superman? Was it like a bat? It walked past. That's all I'll say. The Yeti? And, <laughs> with the classic Bigfoot loping through the forest and then turning to look at the camera. <laughs> no, it would be like, yeah, yeah. Or the, what's, who, who's the... Who's got the marketing with the Yeti? It's like a beef jerky. Jack's beef jerky is that who it is? It's not the Yeti though. It's the it's it's Bigfoot. There's a difference. Yeah. Bigfoot is the Yeti. No, the Yeti is the abominable snowman. No, that's is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, which is basically oh, Sasquatch. I'm thinking Sasquatch. That's it. Right, you're thinking Sasquatch. That's right. They're all the same beast. It's my, just one is snow. Get your monsters right. <laughs> <laughs> Sasquatch. How could I forget that? Bigfoot. Those Sasquatch. are great commercials though. Those are funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use those as examples of advertising campaigns that really have no brand value whatsoever yeah. and are based completely on creative, but still are successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're funny. Because they really have nothing to do with the value of choosing that beef jerky that I'm aware of. No, but I just, I just, I mean, I just recalled, I had to rec- recall what it was and I totally remembered that it was for beef jerky. So, I mean, if I've, if I made that connection and it, and retained it, then um, they did something right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. I think it's a great <clears throat> campaign. That's funny. So let's see. Do we have any announcements? I have an announcement. It's Thursday at 4.30, and I'm having a beer. Maybe that's why I fell off the <laughs> podcast. I've never had a Are beer. Are you really? Yeah, what I you, am. It's what been, are you enjoying? It's been a hell of a week. I'm why enjoying, would you share that with us so we could do the same? <clears throat> hey, you're in control of your own libation <laughs> management <laughs> system. I'm enjoying a Sarah Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, I am enjoying a Java Monster Mean Bean. Me, Vitamin Water Zero. Oh, that's way too healthy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. (laughs) Oh, that's lame. (laughs) Beer me. It's just been a long week. Lots of travel, lots of meetings. I'm not done. I still have work to do, obviously, but I'm treating this as Friday afternoon at 5, even though it's... It it feels a little Friday-ish today. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Well, it's Friday to me, too. (laughs) And sorry, it's Monday, all the people listening to this. So <laughs> Once again, I think we rubbed Tuesday. this in their nose last week as well. We're going to turn Mondays <laughs> into Fridays. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today, so let's get we to should, it. We should get a beer sponsorship <clears throat> for the show. We should. We should maybe like Surly. Blatz, baby. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pig's eye. <laughs> we could, yeah, that's an option. 
malt liquor route? Maybe a wine. Back to, it all goes back to malt liquor. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. That's right. I forgot about that. In fact, <laughs> that, oops. Now I just had a <laughs> microphone. What was it called with Janet Jackson's? A wardrobe malfunction? Yeah, I just had a microphone malfunction. Sorry about that. I apologize. Have another beer over there. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, We're we're having a guest uh, podcaster coming up, aren't we, Jackie? Ah, yes. Next time. Is that next week? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, we will save that for then. But there's malt liquor connection involved. That's what we think of it. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. So first things first, uh, new domain names. Have you guys heard of this? Mm Mm-hmm. So ICANN. Which uh, stands for what, Adam? Oh, crap. International Consortium. Uh, uh, let me look it up. Hold on. Yep. International Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. Internet. Sorry, did I say international? Internet. <coughs> oh, I would have thought it was international, too. So, yes, they have decided to expand the number of uh, domain name extensions that are available. So a domain name extension is .com, .biz, .net. Uh, and what they're doing is they're opening this up to branded extensions. Mm-hmm. So like .adidas, .hotel. I've actually got a blog post on this from uh, marketingpilgrim.com. And the post is written by Frank Reed. I have no idea who that is. I have no idea. I've never seen this blog before. But when I Googled this, uh, this was the best resource I could find on the first page. So kudos to Frank and his blog. (laughs) Uh, But there's some interesting components to it. Uh, He quotes from a press release where it says, um, let's see, he's actually quoting from TechCrunch, which must be another blog. Uh, It's important to note that only established public or private organizations will be able to apply. So does that mean individuals can't do it? Uh, maybe they won't mm-hmm. want to do it when they understand that it costs $185,000. And <laughs> I believe, though this doesn't say it, there's a $25,000 a year licensing fee. That's crazy. That's well, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not crazy for if, you, if you're rolling, in, you know, if you're a major corporation. But yeah, if you're, you can forget about it if you're uh, us or anyone, <laughs> you know, small company. No dot Jackie Rotaco? No, no, no dot Taco Jack. No, no. And so that kind of brings me to the question of, does this, I think it's kind of a trivial whatever. I mean, I can see if you're Coca-Cola that you'd want to have Dot Coke, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe some, some cartel will buy that. <laughs> but, but you know, for our clientele, you know, does, you know, I'm trying to think like Mayo Clinic. Now, they wouldn't do Dot Mayo because they are not fans of shortening their name to Mayo. Right. So it would have to be Dot Mayo Clinic. I don't know that that gets them anywhere. Well, what would it be? I mean, is it going to be Mayo Clinic dot Mayo Clinic? Exactly. Right. Hospital dot Mayo Clinic. The 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 one the one area where I could see healthcare, especially hospitals, getting into is if somebody actually bought like dot hospital or something, and that became like the new standard for what your hospital what hospital domains fell under in general. Um, although that's a long that's a long. Shot. It's a long extension. I mean, I don't think uh, would you want to be, you know, xyzhospital.com or do you want to be xyzhospital.hospital, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, or it xyz.hospital. Just, it, yeah, if you had a standard like that, though, I don't know what the benefit is. Um, but I don't <clears> know what the benefit is even for the branded folks because now you're asking people to remember more. You know, again, we're not, yeah. theoretically, you're not really remembering URLs 
Rarely. Well, it's an extension. I mean, you're still going to be asking them to remember something, right? Right now, you're because even yeah. if, if if you're dot coke, you have to. What's there has to be something before that. So now you have to get creative with what comes up before that. Is it love coke? Love dot coke? Is it coke dot coke? Don't snort I mean, dot coke. Don't snort dot coke. I mean, what? There's still there's an extension. So now you have to figure out what the heck is going to be in front of it. Um, so it actually is. It's a weird convention that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if it if it catches on. I mean, I, I'll see people. I would see like people like Coke is a good example. I could see them buying it or Nike um, to protect themselves, to protect it, so that they have it, so that some weirdo, some squatter doesn't grab it. But at these prices, I couldn't imagine too many squatters are going to be grabbing up these <laughs> yeah. domains. How about dot squat? Dot squat. <laughs> Interval dot squat. Kappa dot squat. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what that really gets you, you yeah, know, because you still now it's, it, it almost complicates it worse. I mean, dot com has already become what is the standard, you know, people don't even, you know, people don't want to go out and register dot net or other, you know, when, when you're, when a domain you want is taken under dot com, it's like you look for something else. Yeah. I think in our world dot org, people will mm-hmm. live with that because most well, if people, you're, yeah. We but, work but with you're, a lot of nonprofits and right, stuff. Right. But you're right. I mean, you, you, it's still a challenge if you own .org as a hospital and somebody owns the .com. Right. A big challenge. Yeah. yeah tip, typically, I mean, we always advise if you're going to, even if you're going to go with .org, you need to you, you need to own .com. Right. And potentially other ones that might be applicable, even .net, just to own them. I mean, it's it's $10 a year to to, met, to maintain a domain registration. It's it's almost, it's a silly not to own those to protect yourself. It seems like, and I've heard some cynical feedback on this, that ICANN is just trying to make money. Well, yeah, and this is a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. What did so, you say? It was $25,000 a year to, re- to maintain your extension? And 185000 just to buy it. That's just crazy. What we, need, we need someone like Google to get involved in. Well, gosh, run the, run the show on this kind of stuff. We got to have some standards, right? You can't have multiple. No, I mean just yeah, but I would mean them to be in control. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. This is kind of what this right group does. So, mm-hmm. unless they can come up with some other protocol that you know is, I don't know, I don't know, something something different altogether than the dot whatever, you know, something dot whatever, just so that there's just a whole new convention for getting to, uh, you know, websites, whatever it may be. Right. I don't know what it might be. Maybe you colon? get online and you go to How about colon. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's, that's something fantastic. colon something. Free your colon now. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Well, I was just thinking of another punctuation mark. And it, well, I, I would. I, I'm. Oh. What I mean is getting away from punctuation altogether. Oh. So you're not going to Coca-Cola.com. You're just going to Coca-Cola. All right. You know, how does that work? I mean, things like that become a reality when you, like if you were to do most of your internet activity through Facebook, now, you know, you just go there. Let's assume that Facebook had its own browser. I mean, this kind of gets, this kind of harkens back to the days of AOL to some degree where you kind of logged in through AOL and now the internet was whatever existed within AOL for the most part. Um, but there's just some way of ah, getting away. I mean, we're, we're moving away from extensions at some point. It just has to happen. Because it's it's fairly, it's just an illogical way to to structure things, especially with all with all the squatting that happens. You know, with you've got an entirely valid name that should that you should be able to own, but you can't because somebody's sitting on it and not using it. It's just it's it's a it's a messed up 
it's a messed up setup right now. You're hurting my brain, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blowing my deep. mind. I, mean, I don't know how it works, but I know I've read articles in the past. I don't remember the details of you know, people like Google who are trying to think up solutions that are better than our current domain hmm. uh, s- system. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see some changes. Someday there will be them. nothing printed and then you won't have to worry about it because it's all links and you don't need a <clears throat> descriptor. You just use numbers, a whole series of numbers. You just think of what you want to see, and it materializes before your eyes. Dude, you guys are getting all matrixy on me. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're doing something stronger than beer over there. I don't know. <laughs> you mean vitamin water zero? That stuff's pretty heavy. Yeah. All right. Well, we yeah. thought we'd bring that up and kind of. Well, it's I, good to be aware of. It's good to be aware of, but I really don't think any of our anybody on in our world really needs to worry about it. But maybe somebody else has a different opinion. Let us know. <clears throat> yeah, let us know. All right. We're going to blow your mind on this one, too. <laughs> this next one this next one blew my mind. It did. It blew it up. This is, one of these, this is one of these things that makes me just, like, go sit in a corner and stew for a while. Because it, it if you let it, it can completely undercut your foundation of confidence in your career and everything you've learned. How's right. that? <laughs> So pretty intense. I ran I ran across this in the most recent issue of Harvard Business Review, which is a fantastic publication to get and to hold and to leaf through, but you really have to be committed to read anything in it because yeah. it's dense. Yeah. The only stuff and oh man, some of the, some of the most memorable material I read in my college days was probably Harvard Harvard Business Review stuff, and a lot of times it was just like a uh more like a white paper. Right. Um, on a, on a specific topic, but it was just, I don't know. Some of the stuff that I remember was from that. It wasn't necessarily, you know, specifics from a textbook. So it's great content. It's fascinating. It's well-written and it's just, I don't know, very insightful. Yeah. Their, their case studies are what you're referring to. And those are great Mm -hmm. because they're usually very specific. This company faced this problem. Here's the scenario. Mm -hmm. What do you do or what should they have done? Right. Uh, but a lot of stuff in the magazine is, uh, you know, what you would find in business magazines is just from Harvard. So it's, you know, let's see if I can find another example here of something that made me want to like the age of hyper specialization, the work of the future will be atomized with many workers doing pieces of what is today a single job. Here's what that means to your company and you. And then it's like 15 pages. Now they've done a great (laughs) job of applying design to their publication. So they use a lot of infographics, a lot of charts. Yep. So, so again, it's, it's a great publication if you have time for it. Uh, mm-hmm. This article is only two pages, which is fantastic for someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called, it's called, well, the, the, um, it's kind of like a, an ongoing series and it's called Defend Your Research. And the name of the article is The Color Pink is Bad for Fighting Breast Cancer. And basically, it tells the story of a researcher uh, at Erasmus University who worked with a couple of other researchers from the London uh, School of Business. And they basically researched, they thought that that gender cues like pink as it relates to breast cancer awareness uh, help improve uh, whatever it is that you're trying to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they set out to kind of prove that, and they found the opposite. And they were so surprised that they ran it over and over, and they did like three years of study. And basically what they found is that uh, when it comes to, for example, the color pink, 
that that actually has the opposite effect that we think it does on women when it comes to breast cancer awareness. So if you see pink in an ad, uh, it's more likely to turn a woman off uh, Mm -hmm. and make it so she's less likely to recall what was in the ad. It even goes on to say that uh, women that are exposed to a pink ad uh, we're, it says, quote, we're significantly less likely to say they'd contract the disease than those who saw an ad with neutral colors. So it's not even just what they think about the ad. It's what they think about the disease. Right. So basically, you want people to like be aware of it and, and be you know concerned about, do I need a mammography or whatever? And in their study, the color pink actually had the opposite effect and made people go, no, I don't have to worry about it. And they're, they have some other results of it, but their thinking is that there's this idea in psychology that uh, called defensive responses, and that when you're threatened with something, one of the responses people have is denial, right? You know, yeah. you think about the stages of going through some kind of crisis or loss, mm-hmm. and denial's part of it. Uh, and so what they're kind of coming up with is that uh, because there's now such a strong association with pink and breast cancer that it just triggers this denial effect in the brain and women just dismiss it. And they don't just dismiss the communication. They dismiss the idea that breast cancer is a problem for them. So, and they go on to talk about how it's not just the color pink, but almost any content that is customized to a gender will have that opposite effect. Even though we all have always thought and, you know, been told and taught that you want to customize your content to your audience. Right. They're actually showing that in some cases, if you do that, it will have a worse effect than a general level of content. How's that for blowing your mind? That's actually what's fascinating yeah. about this profession, I think. I mean, it, it can either make you sit in the corner and, and clutch your knees and rock back and forth, <laughs> or, it, or, or it could just be like, wow, that is, that's fascinating. Now how, now, how the hell do we deal with that? Or how, yeah. how, how do we respond to that? You know, how do we, you know, the, and the other great thing about this, about what we do is that, you know, nothing is permanent. You can always change your approach. You might have, you know, years and years and years invested in one, you know, way of doing things, but hell, you can, you know, you can, you can change, you can adapt. You have to adapt. You have to constantly be changing what you're doing. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's I, interesting. I wonder how and if this will actually change you know, the breast cancer movement at I, all. I don't think I mean, it How will. do you go back and it, how do you take that back? It's such a beast. I mean, what, <laughs> what movement in healthcare is larger than the breast cancer movement? Nothing. Well, right. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and I'm with Adam. I don't think it'll change a thing. Uh, and, and I, the reason I say that is there's a great example of, uh, something that's come along called a paradigm shift where everybody thought one thing and then somebody comes along like one person and says, no, actually that's wrong. And it, in the example was ulcers and people used to think that, um, ulcers weren't viral, that they were just part of, I can't remember what the actual clinical definition was, but, uh, this wasn't like a virus. It wasn't something that you could treat with antibiotics or whatever. It was just some kind of ailment that was stress-induced or whatever. And that was the thinking. And I may be screwing this up, so if a physician listens to this and wants to correct me, please let us know. Uh, But then one guy did a bunch of studies, and he was like, no, this is actually a virus. And he, he published his results, and of course, he just gets ripped forever 
as you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It took like 10 years from when he first came out with his results to when it was finally accepted on a broad enough level that, no, we have, we have completely misread what ulcers are. And that's where there's like scientific, you know, evidence of it and people just, they wouldn't accept it. And so I think that would go on here. I think you've got, I'm sure there's research um, that says that it does help that people will throw back at this. So, and you know, I'm not saying that one study should, should basically blow up everything, but it's very compelling. It makes us think. Yeah. Yeah. And you should read it. It's, it's, if you can get your hands on it, because of course they don't publish their stuff online. Uh, Harvard Business Review. It, it it's very compelling when you read about how they went about it and what they found. And you know they did find that uh, gender they call it gender primed content uh, does have an impact when it's not a negative. So if so, for example, mm-hmm. one of their tests to, to help prove this was they used mascara ads instead of breast cancer awareness ads. And in those cases, the gender-specific content did have uh, a better result in recall than the general content. But if it's something associated with negativity, then they think this this kind of denial function kicks in. And then when you think about our business, so much of what we do is considered would be considered negative. Right. You have to get a colonoscopy. You have to you know you have to worry about this. What are you going to do about diabetes? Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I really want to hear from other people on this uh, and what they think of it. And I I did a blog post on it, uh, and I encourage people to read it because it talks about some other uh, research that kind of supports that. And I think we've talked about it before, but it's in a book called Biology, which is one of my favorites, B-U-Y-ology, not B-I-O. And uh, they use it's all about fMRI technology and how you can read what part of the brain is activated based on what kind of... Uh, things people uh, are exposed to, so visually, sound, mm-hmm. uh, smell, whatever. And they found that with, for example, smoking labels, uh, that the harsher the smoking, you know, like the cigarette, the label on the cigarette package, the more they saw the part of the brain fire up uh, that equated to the desire to smoke. Hmm. So, so th- the worse the warning, the more likely somebody is going to want to smoke. How's that? Brilliant. Yeah. Well, and now that, they're going to do it on all cigarette yeah. packs, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, if it if it's is it still is the idea there that your defense mechanism is still kicking in? I don't remember what bio, what the book said about that, but I could see it being the same thing. It was almost like uh, <laughs> it's almost like that um, effect of you go, you just throw your hands up and you go, yeah, you know, I'm screwed. Whatever I do, so why not? Or it it's was just, kind of that. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was more along the lines of just being like irritated by being reminded or being, being like pressured mm-hmm. into not doing something, you know, it's like, don't you, who are you to tell me what to do? It's my life. I'll live it how I want to. If I want to smoke, I'm going to smoke. Um, so it's almost like you're proving you've got something to prove now at that point. It's like, quit. It's like, I know this, get out of my face. And now I want to smoke even more, which is, but that's also just another form of denial. I think you're basically, right. you're using that sure, kind of, sure. I'm going to stand on my own to not face the reality. Someday I would like to get some kind of degree in this type of field, whether it's behavioral economics or consumer psychology, or mm-hmm. uh, I just think that is, it's fascinating. It just shows us how much we don't know. And to, to your point, Adam, uh, it shows how interesting, you know, sometimes frustrating, but you know, it's just fascinating and it's great to be in a field where you're constantly learning and it's not all, you know, you're not making 
coffee tables and it's down to a science. There's really not much creativity or much to learn. I've seen some pretty amazing coffee tables. Well, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of, unless, unless you too, make boring touche. coffee tables. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on from that, but uh, hopefully somebody will respond with some thoughts on that. And I would love to hear from somebody who says, well, that's a bunch of bunk, or here's why we're going to continue to use pink, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's breast cancer awareness or any kind of uh, women's-oriented communication or marketing. Okay, so the last thing is, I mentioned that this has been a long week for me, uh, and I'm just in a month of pure travelness. so every week I've been somewhere, which I like mm-hmm. travel in general. Uh, what I don't like is the there's about a half hour to 45 minute period before you get on a plane and about a 15 minute period when you get off the plane that I just think <laughs> they need to pass some laws. That's my, <laughs> that's my contention. I want to discuss some of these and see what you guys think of this. There's an important one missing from your list, but no. I'll, I'll add it when you get there. Okay. And I'm going to, I, I added another one funny. too, because I, I think, um, We'll see what you if, if it's what I have. But so the first one is this. It's almost it's so funny that I've taken pictures of it and shown it to people, texted them. I call it like the the boarding gate crowding phenomenon, where you know you're getting like well, it can start as early as forty five minutes or an hour before a flight's supposed to take off, but definitely a half hour. You start noticing people crowding around like the gate. Mm-hmm. They kind of hover, and mm-hmm. sometimes people are so bold they go right the hell up to the gate, yeah. uh, you know, right to the where it's at. Uh, but usually, it's just kind of like these layers, like ripples in a pond. And as the time yeah. gets closer, they get they kind of move forward and they move forward <laughs> and they move forward. And you see, like the person go to pick up their microphone to make some announcement, and they crush in. And <laughs> I've heard like the gate people go, everybody needs basically to scoot the f back because this plane is here and people have to get off. Yeah. So if you've been in that experience, right. you get off a plane, you have to wade through all these people that are like, oh yeah, master, yeah. and you're like, what well, are you doing? It's it's. I, Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think this most specifically looking at your list of things, it just, I think it speaks to people, people's anxiety when they travel. Like they think the plane is going to leave without them, which is quite ridiculous given that the plane hasn't even like people haven't left. I don't even think it's, I don't think it's that though. I think Uh, this wasn't so bad a couple years ago. I mean, this really got bad when they started charging for for your baggage for yep. like checking baggage it oh, wasn't so bad oh, yeah. before because now people are many many more people bring on try to carry on everything people who before would have just you know had when it was free would have just checked that some too. of their luggage so now you've got this now it's a competition for that overhead space um and people want to get on to make sure they get overhead space because you know like 25 percent of the people who are in that crowd are not going to get overhead space because some douchebag is stuffing his laptop and his jacket up there along with his bag <laughs> you're skipping and his ahead. backpack okay oh sorry well that, that, that that's the cause of this on, on well, to some level i'm sure there's more and not not to not to dismiss your anxiety jackie because i think that definitely does play into it yes, as well it does um but but what really has has escalated the problem is this whole uh, check on or carry on situation where everyone wants to carry on everything. Yeah, you know, it's, if you can fit everything into a backpack that fits under the seat in front of you, you're probably going to save yourself some anxiety because now you can just sit back. Wow. Now you can just, you can let that whole crowd of cattle, you know, push their way into the, into the, into the slaughterhouse and then as soon as they're all in there you can just casually get up and saunter in yeah. and take your seat and just put your backpack under the uh under the seat in front of you 
part of it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Adam. I, I think you're right too, though, Jackie. And I think there's a generational yeah, thing there. I think, I think so. I see more senior people, elderly right. people that have yep. that anxiety. Yep. Uh, but the th- here's the thing, you know, I fly Delta almost every time, and Delta boards by zones. So mm-hmm. if you're not in zone one, there's no reason for you to be within 20 feet of that thing because you're not gonna you're not gonna get on before the people in zone one. If you're in zone three, you gotta wait for zone two. So there's no benefit, and and that's what gets me is that. So normally, because I fly so much, I'm a zone one or zone two. When I'm called, I have to wade through a bunch of people. And I'm like, so none of you people are going to get on. Why are you up here? So there are some people, I think, to Jackie's point, that don't fly enough. They don't get that. Um, You know, They have just general anxiety. But most people know, and they say, this is how we're going to board. So if you're not... If your number's not called, then just, you know, I can, I get the race and I think Adam's dead on because, because they even say, now they've say on some flights, if you're in zone four, you might as well come up here and just check your bag here because you're not going to get overhead space. Mm-hmm. And they're trying right. to relieve that. But that's the next part is the, um, there's a whole category of overhead bin ridiculousness. Uh, people who put two things up there, people who put a laptop you know, like little teeny briefcase, people who put their coats up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the flip side of people that bring in like a cargo, you know, chest. And I don't know how (laughs) they even get it through. And they're like, I know. I'm like, you know, or they bring like those old school green or orange hardbound Samsonite pieces of luggage. (laughs) And you go, you know, if there was nobody else in the plane that's not fitting in the overhead, how is that even allowed on here? Their chest full of doubloons. <laughs> yeah. So there's that one. Uh, there's the cell phone abuse, which we could spend a whole half hour on. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. people that talk like there's nobody else around them. The the humor, and hopefully you're not out there in the audience who does this, but the people that touch down and instantly call. You know, the, the, the plane has still got like <laughs> the front wheel tapping down. And they're like, yes, we've landed. I've landed now. And, and you're like, you know, you, we have at least between 10 and 20 minutes before we're off the plane <laughs> and nobody that you're calling can be at the gate anyway. So you've got another five to 10 minutes of actually getting to see them. Anyway, that's yeah. humorous. What else, Adam, what do you, you said you had one you, you wanted to add. Yeah. I would add it to your second to the last bullet point, which is your armrest slash knee spread guidelines. <laughs> and I would, and which are, which is right, right on, but I would also add body mass guide uh, spread oh, guidelines boy. to that as well. Um, the first thing I do when I get into my seat and this could be, this is one of the reasons I would try to get on early if I could is to get my armrest down before anybody else sits next to me, because I've had a number of occasions where somebody sat down next to me and my armrest wasn't down and they were totally are spilling over into my seat. So, you know, I'm sorry if your body mass is, is extra- extraordinarily large, um, and I'm sure that's a, probably a problem that some you know, people face or deal with day in and day out when they are big, but don't make it my problem. You know, don't spill into my seat for my entire flight. Hate that. That would probably be my number one, actually, before everything else. <laughs> that, that plays into the travel. That's why that plays into the anxiety you feel when you want to get on a plane so that you can yeah. Yeah, not have spillover. Well, and they, I mean, they're very clear that if you can't get the armrest down, then you have to buy a second seat. I mean, that's what they tell people. It's a very sensitive subject. I mean, I know like Kevin Smith, the director, he's been in, he yeah, was yeah. in the news because 
Uh, he yeah. got, they tried to take him off a plane because of that issue. Now he was clear that he was able to get the armrest down and that's really the rule. If you can't get right. the armrest down, then you need to have to purchase a, you know, another seat. I think it's really sensitive. So I'm going to leave that one alone because I don't want to offend yeah. anybody. Um, I see what you're saying completely. Uh, I see it less of a choice though. So I guess I'm a little more, you know, somebody yapping on their cell phone. It's not because they don't have a choice, you know, and, and certainly there are people that are overweight that, that have a choice. But, uh, to me, I choose to go, well, you know, it's, I don't want, and it's not always that they're overweight. Sometimes they're just huge people, you know, they're like big bulky dudes that are football players or whatever. Oh yeah. That's, that's equally as annoying. And I certainly don't, when I, when I, that's why I use body mass instead of obesity because i'm certainly not just talking about people <laughs> right. who are have weight challenges i mean people who are just huge in general whether it's you know whether it's because they have because of because of obesity or because they're a football player type people i mean don't whatever i don't i don't care how big just don't get into my seat <laughs> all right so how about the recline don't recline battle what is the what, what is your criteria oh, there i'm curious the criteria is don't effing recline ever what? Yeah, yeah that's to. right. No, no see, I'm with you. Different I'm sides. with you. I'm who, with, you with who, Adam? Oh, whatever. You guys I'm are with you. I'm with you, Chris. Tall. Tell you what, you recline in my space. You're getting a knee in the back for the entire flight, and <laughs> yeah. that's not intentional. I have no choice in the matter. So I nope. take exit rows. A, it's more leg room. B, nobody can recline. They can't recline yeah, into me because I'm in the exit row. You can't fault people for reclining. Yes, I can. I can indeed, unless it's a overseas and international flight, uh, then I understand it. Or maybe even a red eye at night, I understand it. But otherwise, again, it's an example of somebody basically taking my space for their pleasure. That's how I look at it. Well, it was really interesting when I was on um, the flight I recently took to Spain. There was right next to us, of course, I always get seated next to babies, but there was a baby (laughs) and this family of like three and this woman ahead of them reclined her seat so that she could sleep and the person who was holding the baby literally asked the woman if she would not recline her seat for the whole flight and this is like an eight-hour flight and that's because they had a baby and that's kind of a bold move well which is a bold move i mean i understand it but have some sympathy for somebody who's traveling with a baby i mean have you ever had a baby in your lap for eight hours I wouldn't travel you know, with the baby. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> that's going to work no, itself out. That's my stance on that one. That's going to work itself out because the woman who reclined is going to get so sick of the baby, pulling her hair, coughing up on her, screaming right in her ear that she's going to go upright without anything being said. Well, they just wanted more space, but yeah. No, it, it's tough. I understand it. I'm not trying to be so dictatorial about it, but most of the time I'm talking about just, just regular people. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm... Not a fan of it, but I know there are two sides of it, so that's why it's a battle. Yeah. Chris, I think you are on the flight. I can't remember where we were going. We might have been going to D.C., but um, do you recall that yeah. there were two like thug kind of guys sitting in front of me, <laughs> these two two dudes who were chatting about whatever, <clears throat> and then I had like this really aggravated business guy next to me, sitting next to me um, on his phone, and the two guys in front clearly didn't travel a whole lot because they were just giddy to be on the plane. They were playing with everything, talking kind of loud. And I was, oh, they weren't necessarily annoying. They just looked like they were kind of having fun exploring the coolness that is an airplane. And one of them grat, like hit the recline button and like reclined back kind of fast. And the business dude who was sitting next to me, who was just aggravated about something, and he was on his phone grabbed the seat as it came as it reclined back and just slammed it forward. And the two guys in front of me who were like 
kick your ass kind of guys were looked at this guy like, what the hell dude? And he was like, I, I can't remember what he said, but he just started yelling at them. And I'm like, dude, you need to settle down because these two guys are going to just clock you. Yeah. It fortunately it didn't escalate much beyond that. I think the, the business dude realized that he was, uh, going to be out outgunned in a second there if he kept that up. And I was just trying to dive into somebody else's seat and get the hell out of there. Yeah, there was something in the news where a plane had to be diverted because there was a fight over this very issue. So your scenario actually turned into a physical altercation. They had to turn the <laughs> plane around. Well, I was surprised this yeah. one didn't. Well, don't, the airline should maybe not allow seats to recline then. Y- yeah, I mean, if uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah you're, I, I'm with you, Jackie. It's, it's not illegal. It's there. People should use yeah. it. I'm just... I'm just telling you that when you do that, you are encroaching on someone else's space and you, and you should know that if you're okay with it, at least you're okay with it. But most people have no clue. They're oblivious and they just go back and you can't use your laptop. You can't read, you can't do anything when they're back like that. Well, the problem is, I mean, again, this comes back to airlines cramming, you know, similar to the whole luggage thing where now everyone's got the anxiety over getting their luggage to check the carry on on. Now you've got, you know, the airlines like literally within the last few years added another row of seats, which took away like a few inches from everybody, um, for their, for the, for your personal space. Once you're sitting down, I mean, I believe that airline seats, you know, when you recline, it doesn't necessarily just a straight recline back, you know, your seat actually slides forward a little bit. I think if I remember, if I have Depends. Understand the mechanics, and it's probably different on different airlines. Um, but technically, I, I believe in some cases you just you don't really go into the other person's space. You just kind of your butt slides forward to right. some degree, and now you're just kind of using your own space a little differently. Um, I know on like Delta though, Chris, which is your, which is also the one I end up flying on most of the time, especially for work. That's like exclusively what we do, at least most of the time. Um, I believe those go back. I don't think the butt on those right. seats goes forward, so it does just straight up go right into somebody else's space. It depends on the plane and international flights usually have planes that do more of what you're talking about, Adam. But, right. All right. Just a couple more. We're running really long, but these are so fun. Uh, one is we need to, <laughs> we need to enforce some laptop porn restrictions. Oh so man. People, people who are, are you look at, serious? People well, look at porn on their, on the computer. It's not the... porn, but they're watching radar movies. And basically sure. if, especially if you're in a dark plane, but it doesn't matter. There's literally a dozen people that can see that depending yeah, on where yeah. you sit. Yeah. And so you just got to remember that there are people around you. Again, it's just kind of that self-absorption problem that yeah. this society seems to get small children. more and more. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, I'm the only person in the world. I'm going to watch, <laughs> you know, nine and a half weeks on this flight, well, and you're going to see Kim even... Basinger and some cherries and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's necessarily that. So I think it is that in some cases, but I also think, you know, there's some people who just don't necessarily don't have kids, never had kids, um, are never in the situation where they really need to. It's not just kids though. censor themselves. No, I mean, I, no, I'm not saying it's kids who do it. I mean, I'm saying that they just aren't necessarily used to censoring themselves. You know, that's not really how they live their life for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just kind of like all of a sudden you, you think you think you're in your own little space when you're on a plane, you think you're kind of doing your own little thing that you're kind of crowded in by the seats. You think people can't see So you're going to put up your movie. That's got some, you know, nude scene in it at some point, And you just kind of, you're oblivious to it right. because of because of you know, not necessarily that you choose to exp- that you want everyone else to see it. You just are unaware of the fact. That's that you what are, I'm saying. You're self absorbed. Yeah. It may be because you've never had kids, and maybe because you're just yeah. I just don't know if self absorbed. That's is the what right it is. It's, you're so self absorbed. You don't think of people around you. It could be for a lot of reasons, but that's self absorption. Like, 
Yeah, I feel like the moral of all this is it's not always about you. It's not yeah, all about you. Exactly. I mean, just pay oh, no, attention so to here, the last one you. is Jackie. Thank you, because this last one I have that I added to the list is exactly <laughs> that. And I don't know why this is irritating me more and more, but you're in a row, right? And people funnel out by row. There are certainly people that decide they oh, want to yeah, sit yeah. for whatever reason. Right. But usually everybody flies up when the plane lands and they stand in the aisle. I understand that. I do that too sometimes, right? Because you want, you want to stand up. Well, what's annoying to me is you go row by row. And it's the people that are like queued up in the aisle that oh, just cut in front of the people that are supposed to be coming out. So like if right, you're right. on the window seat and you have to kind of like hunch over to get out and the people just cut you off and I just want right. to punch them right. You know, I'm at eye level to a place that you'd want to be punched. <laughs> it just, it's, it's self-absorption. It's yeah. I'm more important. I don't well, even that, know people around case, me. It's I'm like just a conscious decision to be a dick. Oh, it can be unconscious. That's my point. I think some people yeah. just... It's, you know, even, you see it everywhere, Adam. You see it on the on road. Himself. You see yeah, it. But I don't yeah. know how that could be unconscious. That just means that to me is, it seems like it, in every case, it's uh, I don't, deliberate, I think it's the deliberately being a douchebag, in my opinion, in, in that case. Sometimes. Whereas I think like watching a movie or something, sometimes it can just be that you, your lifestyle typically doesn't, isn't mm-hmm. censored to that level. So you're just kind of unaware. There's no way you can be unaware that you're being a dick. And that, yes, in you that can. Case. I think people are so oblivious so. to others around them that they don't even think like, well, why would I even let somebody, I mean, I'm ready to go. The yeah, aisle's me, clear. So why wouldn't I go? I'm not even thinking that about to me other is people. the definition of being a douche though, right there. Well, just being that. Clueless. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. certainly there's some overlap in. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Well, whatever. What somebody needs to draft those laws and pass them, please. All right, we better. Yes. This is going to be the longest podcast. I was just going to say this history. might be our longest one ever. That's okay. Who cares? Do we? Four care? beers later. No, exactly. No, you could. Yeah, if 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 a half hour is your cutoff, then, sorry, uh, stop listening at a half hour. Nobody, <laughs> anybody who travels on a plane will not stop listening to the last segment of our podcast because they will, <laughs> for the most part, brilliant. cheer. Some people will boo. Uh, people will come down on either side of the recline, don't recline, or the cell phone, and that's just fine. But now you know, you know, if you sit in front of me and recline, what is likely to happen. So fair, you know, I think that's just fair to let them know. So <laughs> Watch out for Chris Bevelo on flights. <laughs> Can't help it that I'm six three and I like gangly legs. Yep. No, I'm yeah. I'm the same. I hear you. Though, you know, does that go against what we said before about people that are oversized? They would say the same thing. I can't help that I'm oversized. So, you know, don't give me a hard time. But the difference is, um, I'm not coming into your, you know, I'm not looping my long legs over the seat into your space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better we better end there. This will be the 45 minute podcast. All right, okay. so for arrogant healthcare marketing traveling bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Ritaco, and Adam Meyer. And we will talk to you next time, and we will make it short. We promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. <laughs>